Hello, everybody. Welcome to On The Line. It is Tuesday, October 25th. You have the honor of having an all-woman show here today. And here's what you can expect from today's show. We have an interview with one of the country's national title hopefuls. We'll dive into a recap of the week that was. We'll break down some state championships and regions. And we'll also preview more of the upcoming national races. I'm Olivia Kone here with my spooktacular co-host, <laughs> Ashley Titians. If you're watching or listening, make sure to subscribe to our channel on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or I'm assuming anywhere you get your podcasts from. So thank you guys so much again. First up, as always, we have an interview with Rapid City Stevens senior Simeon Birnbaum, the silent hawk, as I like to call him. He has won all four of his races this season, including the most recent on Saturday, a South Dakota Class 2A championship in 15, 16, 19. Last outdoor season, Simeon became the first high schooler to ever break four minutes at Brooks PR, not to mention at the age of 16, the youngest American to ever do it. So we are super excited to have him on with us today. Simeon, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, hey, no, thanks for having me on. So I guess we have to start with the obvious. You claimed your second straight title this weekend in Hernan, clocking a 5K time of 15.16. You won by 54 seconds, and you were 32 seconds faster than where you were a year ago. How was that experience like for you? Yeah, no, it was really a great weekend, um, not only for me, but for a whole team. We went in um, – there was an east side paper, um, which is a different side of the state that we don't live on. They did their predicted rankings for how they thought um, all the teams would finish. Uh, they ranked the guys fifth going in. They didn't even have the girls ranked in the top six. And then we went in there and we won both titles. Um, so it wasn't just a great weekend for me, but for the whole team. That's amazing. The fact that it was like you said, not just individually, but as a team, especially to knock it off on the girl side as well. That's incredible. I know we're going to move into your accolade stuff, but I kind of want to go into something really quickly first. I was looking at it and it seems like you have an Instagram account and someone also made a fan account of you. There's one video. If you're playing the jazz at some unknown time, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty big in the jazz. It's funny you bring that up. Actually concert tonight where um, yeah so I've I've played jazz since sixth grade um, I'm in jazz band now and and I love it and yeah that's just uh, probably kind of my most people probably don't know that about me in the running world that I, I like jazz a lot and I like to play jazz saxophone oh, that's so cool what are you playing tonight at your little concert anything you can get, tell the crowd about what's what's to come yeah so it's kind of like a, a potluck thing it's pretty it's pretty low-key but we're gonna play uh uh, four pieces. Uh, one of my favorites we're actually playing. It's called Take Five. I'm sure lots of people know that. It's a very famous one, but that's what I'm looking forward to playing tonight. Awesome. Well, kind of staying on that trend of, you know, besides the accolades, getting more into, you know, who Simeon Birnbaum is as a person. I hear you're a fan of podcasts. So you got jazz. You're a fan of podcasts. I've heard you listen to Coffee Club by Morgan McDonald. So kind of just, yeah. like, explain that a bit. Like, when do you listen to your podcasts? I love podcasts. I listen to them in the mornings on my runs. And also, could you ever see yourself hosting a podcast? Yeah. So I would, Coffee Club is definitely my favorite podcast. And what I do is um, – so it's about a 20-minute drive to school in the mornings with traffic. So pretty much every time I'm in the car, um, either on the way to practice or on the way to school or – 
any anywhere that's longer than 10 minute drive i like to put on a podcast um so yeah i mean i'll i get through the the coffee cup once pretty quick and i have to experiment more and sometimes i'm not always running ones um i can listen to variety i just sometimes you just got to put on something you're not you don't know anything about or you you wouldn't be accustomed to listening to normally just to kind of get exposure to new things in the world so i think podcasts are i mean they're super easy to listen to and do other stuff as well like it's just it's not like reading where you have to be focused that's i really i really like them yeah and i could definitely see myself hosting one someday i think that'd be really fun let us know when you do so we can subscribe to your podcast so anywho simian i don't know if you know this about yourself but i personally call you the silent hawk how do you feel about that first of all and does your team have a certain nickname for you as well yeah, I, I've never, I've never heard that. The Silent Hawk. That's funny because um, lots of people, not only my team but in the state, uh, they call me Bird. That's so See, Hawk and Bird. I'm right on point there, Olivia. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's probably my biggest nickname right now. But any like variation of Simeon also comes out a lot. Like Simon, um, people do that just to get under my skin because I do not like being called Simon. So that's kind of a <laughs> A joke people have too, and and burn bomb. My last name. They can make a lot of variations. Some of them are more appropriate than others, but I've I've heard about all of it. So, yeah. All right. So you're a fan of the Silent Hawk nickname. I love that. Now I have to say, as we're we've been throwing up some pictures of you racing, and it seems it seems like every time you race, you have those staple shades on. Like you're you're rocking the you're rocking the shades. Why is that? Mm-hmm. What do you love about them? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing super deep about it. Um, I just think it looks cool, and I, I think it – I feel really good wearing them. It just kind of gets me locked in. I'm almost like when I put them on, I'm ready to go. So it's nothing like super – no super cool store or anything. I just um, – I've, I've been doing it, and since I do it pretty much all the time, like it's, it's, oftentimes it's sunny, so the majority of times I wear them. But then when it's not sunny, I just feel like I have to wear them anyways just because that's what I'm used to. So anytime I'm, I'm racing, you'll, you'll see me in a pair of shades. So when it comes to your shades, what particular brand do you have and do you ever switch them out at any point? Yeah, so the ones you're throwing up on the screen and the ones I wear 99% of the time, um, those are Oakley. I think they're half jacket sunglasses, but I actually have them um, customized to like our school colors and i have our school name written on the lens um forget which lens it is but small just like right at the bottom of it um so those are kind of the ones i wear for my high school races yeah and they match our our jersey pretty well um so yeah i I changed it up actually at the state meet i decided to as my last high school regular season race so i thought i'd kind of throw a curveball in there and i wore a pair of gooder sunglasses so ah the gooders yeah yeah I love that. So you're a fan of the shades. We're a fan of the shades. We talk about it all the time. So keep. I think that's part of your signature look. So keep that one up. So as, as you're moving forward in your senior season, you already have four wins underneath your belt, a new 5K personal best, a 14.47, which was your season opener this season. How do you feel about how your season is going? And is there anything that you're looking to just kind of focus on as we move closer towards the championship part of cross country? Yeah, I think my season has been really, really, really good so far. Um, really haven't had any injuries. Uh, increased my mileage by about, 
I'm probably the highest I've been by about 10 miles per week right now. And I'm feeling really, really good and I'm feeling, feeling healthy. So that's the most important thing. And, you know, I'm just racing way better than I was last year. Like just kind of being like, just comparing myself to last year, I'll like run like a minute faster on these courses I ran last year. So even if these times aren't super flashy, I know where I'm at and what I was able to do um, with my training and times last year in the spring. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really confident right now. And I think when the time comes and it matters, I think I'm going to be there to perform really well. Now, what would you say has been maybe your best race so far and why? You've already said that you've, you know, already shaved so much time, you know, year over year, but which one do you think has been the best so far? I think my best one so far was the Patamato Classic in Colorado. It's a, uh, it's in North Glen, Colorado. It's like, uh, 5,500 feet at elevation. Wow. So it's good elevation and the course is, uh, it's, it, it's not like super hilly, but the footing and then like at certain points you're on like a, a one person kind of trail type deal. Uh, and I was able to run around 15 flat there, which converts to anywhere from like 1430 to 1440. Um, so I was, I was very happy with that just cause it's not like you're we focusing on that race. It's not like I tapered a whole bunch and I was just able to go out there and run super hard and well at elevation that I'm not used to. So I think that has been my, the one I've been most happy with so far. That's awesome. And I mean, just kind of looking at, you know, and you've talked about this, you know, you touched on it, like you haven't quite been challenged just yet, you know, like you got your state title and you put down some fast times, you know, what are you looking forward to most when you get onto that national scene and what's going to make, you know, those environments exciting, but also challenging at the same time? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to, actually racing because i really feel like i haven't um raced yet just because it's either been time trials or kind of just using the race as a workout and uh, throwing down a really good last mile or last 800 so i'm really looking forward to race like i like to you know like if you watch me race at these big outdoor national meets you'll see how i like to kind of start in the back and work my way up which you really don't get to do when you're just time trialing so I'm looking forward to the tactics. Um, that's probably what I'm most looking forward to. And just um, having stuff on the line, like wanting to win a national title or qualify for a national title. Um, just that pressure, um, you know, it's, it's addicting getting that, um, just the flow of energy and getting ready to go on a big race day. It's, yeah, I'm really looking forward to experiencing that again. That's amazing. Speaking of national races, in one of your final races last year, you competed at the Brooks PR Invitational where you ran a personal best in the mile of 359.51. You became the second high school junior in 2022 and the third all-time to break through the four-minute barrier mark. What was that experience like for you, and how did that meet kind of catapult your confidence moving into the cross-country season? Yeah, I mean, that changed my whole life pretty much, you know. Um totally different when it came to looking at colleges, um, totally different when it came to anything related to running. Um, so much more opportunity to uh, meet people or go to different meets or just be, just be known more in the running world. So that opens lots of doors. Um, yeah. And by confidence, I, I like to say I've always been confident. Um, just, I'm not, I'm not scared to go in the big meets and think I can win. And, and there's really not going to, going to be a race on um, the rest of my high school career, especially against high school kids. When I think, I mean, I'm never going to go into a high school race um, saying that I don't want to win. 
Like that's uh, like, I'm never going to say, oh, I want, I want to get top three. No, I want to win. Um, if I'm racing high scores, I believe I can win. So I think I have a lot of confidence and I think I've had it um, just my whole running career. So not a huge change there. Well, now, before we let you go, we have one more quick question for you. I know you mentioned that going sub four in the mile that kind of opened up doors, you know, for colleges and stuff. You're still unsigned. You're a hot commodity out there in terms of recruiting. You know, what's that process been like? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, the visits I did, I did all um, my full five visits. So that was a, a lot of fun. And it was fun to just pretty much pick the schools I wanted to go to and then have them be excited to have me there. So, yeah, it's been it's been really fun. Awesome. Well, Simeon, congratulations on all of your accomplishments and wishing you all the best as you kind of make those, you know, big decisions moving into the next four years of your career. And, you know, I call you the silent hawk. We're wishing you all the best and we'll, we'll definitely catch you around very soon. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Awesome, Ashley. What a fantastic interview with the Silent Hawk. I know you and I were both excited when we found out he was going to be on our show today. But Ashley, so much unpacked this weekend. So let's dive into our next segment, which is the week that was. As regional and state championships have played out, we're starting to see a little bit more focused on running when it comes to the championship championship parts of the season. This weekend, there were state championships in Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota. There were semi-states in Indiana. Mount Sac was going on in California and so much more. So, Ashley, kick it off for us. What kind of stood out for for you from this weekend? Yeah, I mean, shoot, Olivia, you just went through that, like, laundry list of meets that happened. Like, there's just so much going on. And I know you and I are both going to dive into so many different meets. But let's just first start off, I mean, like, we're seeing state champions start to commence. Like we, as we talked with Simeon, like South Dakota had their state meet this weekend. You had Simeon Vermont who got his state title there. Also, Allie Bainbridge was notable in South Dakota where she's been really good this year. Five wins out of six wins here by 24 seconds and 17, 26. And so that, you know, this could be the year that she gets on that national stage. Then you look at, you know, other states like Nebraska, you have Carson Knocker who finished his career with his fourth straight title and sixth straight win, and he's never raced beyond states before. And so that kind of maybe sets him up going into nationals. And maybe this could be the year that, you know, he places really well at nationals. Now, you mentioned that there was some semi-state action, you know, leading up to these state championships out in Indiana. And we saw some of the fastest results of the weekend at these semi-state meets. Um, you know, first, I have to look at the semi-state meet, too, in Shelbyville. You have Cole Matizen and Lily Courage, two of our top-ranked athletes in the mile split 50 rankings, just completely obliterating the competition. Matizen runs 14.56 here for the win, a 192 speed rating. He's now a perfect 6-for-6 six six on the season. He is undefeated, and he led his team, Carmel, to a narrow win over Zionsville community. They scored 67 points, 15.36 5K average. Zionsville scored 74, so it was a tight race there. But, I mean, Carmel's just proving it. They're ranked third on our mile split 50 rankings. They're proving time and time again that they are worth that high ranking. Now, on the girls' side, you had Lily Cridge running 16.58 to win by almost 20 seconds there, 152 speed rating. That's her third straight sub-17, sub excuse me, 5K of the season. She beats out the Park Tudor duo of Sophia Kennedy and Gretchen Farley. They both went 2-3 and 17-25 and 17-44. And then lastly, the last semi-state meet that I want to highlight happened in New Haven. 
you had Nikki Sutherland of Delta earned her 11th straight win of the season. Think about that. 11 straight wins? Like, that's insane. Uh, you know, stays, insane, undefeated, yeah. stays undefeated on the season, runs 17.05 there, just off her PR by less than a second. So Indiana is pretty competitive this weekend. Oh, absolutely. And you, you brought up Comatizen, Lily Cridge, and, you know, the, the duo from Park Tudor. It looked really solid over yep. this weekend. So it's going to get even more competitive as they move into the state championship part of the season. So I want to kick things off, in, including in our long laundry list here, we have to talk about Kerry Beloga's performance over this yep. weekend at the OCIAA Cross Country Championships. Ashley, this is Carrie Beloga is the only girl this year who has two speed ratings that are over 160. No one else besides Carrie Beloga has that to their name. She's the only yeah. one that has done it. So the fact that she is doing it once again in a solo effort by herself, you know, we're talking about national championships that are coming around literally <laughs> in less than I you know, know. two we're months from there. Now. It's coming down to the wire. And I really think Carrie Beloga, as we've mentioned before, is a national title contender. And she just proved it once again. Like, this girl is someone to look out for moving forward. Now, I want to take it over to California, where the Mount Sac Cross Country Invitational happened. And, Ashley, there were so many eye-opening performances over this two-day meet happening over Friday, which, in my personal opinion, I think kind of, set everything up. And for me, that's where the eye-catching performances were. You have Evan Nunez, who faced Emmanuel Hernandez. They both went 1-2 here, 1449 and 1452. They were the only boys in the combined D3, D4, and D5 team sweepstakes to break 15 minutes for, five, for 5K in this event. But come on Saturday, this is where also a lot of great things happen, where Parker Simmons and Juan Chiktanta who finished in the D1, D2 race, they went 14.46 and 14.55. So it was a two-day meet. Lots of boys were breaking 15 minutes here. But I think the most eye-catching performance came from the girls' side. Shiera Daly, who is a freshman from La Jolla, she ran a 16.58. And across all of the girls' races over that weekend, at that meet, she was the fastest girl of the day with the, from the D3, D4, D5 combined team sweepstake race. Earned a 146 speed rating, and this was the second fastest performance for her from this season. And I don't know about you, Ashley. Have you ever heard of the flat sack meet before? Like, have you ever heard of that? No, I, I'm so I, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the results for this, but you, the Buchanan girls raced at the flat sack. I don't even know what that is either, but they raced against Lincoln. Stockton, who averaged a 16.38, and they kind of look like the number one team again. And we'll kind of finish this with the Shore Conference Championships. We have to talk about CBA Ashley. They mm -hmm. looked fan. Oh my goodness! Up to this race, and Ashley, they racked up another win here at the Ocean County Park with 23 points and a 15.25 average, just eight points off of a perfect score. Two runners: Joe Barrett, Nicholas Sullivan. Under 1550, 180 speed ratings. And since being there, CBA hasn't been like a top five team. But I understand that the history behind this program with the former national title winners, they are there. So Manhattan with Bowden, Shore Conference, all big wins. So CBA is definitely putting their name out there as a team to watch for a move forward. So as we mentioned, Ashley, let's move on to our next segment. We're going to be talking about state championships. They are officially under 
way. With all the meets ahead of us, what do you think is going to be a big surprise moving into the state championships? But also, what are you kind of looking forward to as some of these meets also start lining up for this? That's right, Olivia. We have so much state action. I mean, that's basically that, that for me, you know, when I was running back in the day in high school, state, like there's so much exhilaration and so much excitement for the state meet that, you know, I'm just really excited to see what's going to go on here with these kids. Um, you know, looking ahead just to this weekend, we have a lot of state action and I want to take it to Kentucky for a bit and preview the Kentucky state meet this weekend. At the 3A division, you're going to have Kiara O'Shea, perhaps one of, or not even one of, the fastest girl in Kentucky history competing there, looking for another state title. You know, last year, looking at some of the results, it looks like maybe she, you know, kind of tempoed it, ran in, you know, the mid-18s there. But if she goes all out here, I'll be curious to see just how fast she can go. She already is the fastest in state history with her 1652 from the Nike Town Twilight meet earlier this season. So if O'Shea is going all out here, I think that could be something pretty special to watch. Now on the 3A boys side, this could be, you know, a race that shapes up to be a three-man battle, you know, kind of looking at the entries. You're going to have Sammy Hatab of St. Xavier, 15-24 on the season. Tiger Bartlett of Ryle, 15-26 on the season. And Thomas Ashby of Apollo, 15-28 on the season. They're all within four seconds of each other. If they're all right there together in a tight pack, throughout that race and it comes down to the finish, it could be a sprint to the finish. So that'll be exciting mm-hmm. to see in Kentucky. But I know you mentioned, you know, we, we want to talk about some of the things that we think will surprise us. Maybe some of those hot takes, some of those dark horses that we're looking forward to because, I mean, state championship season, that's when, you know, some of those hot takes become reality, I would say. And, you know, I have a list here that I'm going to go through because, you know, <laughs> looking, <laughs> looking across the country, there's a lot of different ways we could look at this. First, I want to look at Michigan for a second. They have their state meet on November 5th. You, you have Hunter Jones there at Benzie Central, who is by far the best, you know, dominating in Michigan is the top storyline out there. However, I, Jones isn't going to be the athlete that I'm most excited, I think, to watch at the Michigan state meet. It's actually going to be a battle in the Division One group race. Seth Norder versus Ben Anderson. They've both clocked 1444 and 1445 this season. I mean, gosh, like having two guys basically right there together, that can make for a really entertaining race. So hot take, Norder versus Anderson, best race in Michigan this season. <laughs> and then, of course, I have to throw in a little North Carolina talk here. It would talk- not be a show if you exactly. didn't mention North Carolina at least once or twice. So go exactly. ahead and talk to us about North as, Carolina. As I tell our Mile Split North Carolina editor, uh, Tommy out there, he I I always tell him like I gotta put in a little bit of North Carolina in our shows, you know, once once in a while. But number six, Cuthbertson, that girls team out there, hot take. Could they post a perfect score at the four A state meet? Their top five runners are currently one, two, four, seven, and fifteen in the four A division. Uh, Stella K- uh, Kerms is the clear state championship favorite on the individual side with the seventeen twenty two personal best. But the girls behind her are right there behind her. And if they can close that gap just ever so slightly at the four and five spots, I mean, I wouldn't put it out of the out of the question. I mean, that's definitely a hot take, I will say. But and it'd be super <laughs> difficult to do. But if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be this Cuthbertson program and it's going to be this year. Yeah, that that's really big, you know, to even I, I want to talk about Cuthbertson because, you know, we, we've been talking about them all season and 
you know, they're obviously the heavy favorite going into the state championship. But like you said, they're going to have to close that gap when it comes to their, even with their third, fourth, and fifth runners, just getting yeah. everyone through. We talked about this all the time. Placement matters, right? Like yep. we've seen it so many times. It came down, you know, looking at averages, they're awesome, but it's going to really come down to the placement of these athletes and how quickly they get through. So, um, Ashley, do you have any more hot takes from this segment here that you want to dive into? Yes, I do have some more that I'm going to just quickly speed through. All right, let's look at mm-hmm. Utah for a second. A hot take or potential, like, surprise would be if anyone other than probably Harriman wins that boys team title out there. I feel like we've been talking about Harriman all season about how they've been so surprising with Doug Souls, you know, leading the helm now out there. You know, if anyone but Harriman wins, that'll be a statement. That'll be really surprising. And on the girls' side, if anyone other than American Fork wins the team title, that'll be surprising as well. American Fork has put down an impressive campaign so far and been very consistent throughout the season. So if they don't finish first, I'll be pretty surprised. In Indiana, I know we talked about them earlier in this segment. We talked about Carmel, Cole Matizen. If anyone but them wins that team title, that'll be a shocker because Cole Matizen, obviously, like we said, he's been undefeated this season you know, individually, and Carmel has just been dominating. They've been up there, you know, with, like, the Jesuits and the Newberry Parks, and so they're going to be someone to really watch out for, and I'll be really shocked if they lose that there. You know, even looking at some other states like West Virginia, I think the Morgantown girls, you know, led by Irene Riggs, could be, you know, a team that people forget about sometimes, you know, out in West Virginia, and so I think they could put together an impressive um, you know, state title campaign that then will kind of propel them, you know, onto the national scene as well. And I know we're going to get into this a little bit later, but Colorado this year is like super stacked and like super crazy. And there's no clear favorites at both, you know, 5A and 4A. So that's going to be one where if, you know, someone comes out, you know, dark horse, that could be interesting. Yeah, we're going to dive into Colorado, so hold your thoughts there real quick. But I have some athletes I want to highlight from Maine. We have Ruth White, who I've been actually watching over the last you know year or so, and she cruised to the Northern Maine Class C regional title in a 17.51. She's your defending champion and the fastest girl right now in Maine and currently has the state record from last year's championships with a 17.31. So I'm excited to see what she does here. I don't think anyone's really going to touch her. She's really the heavy favorite going into the state championship. So look out for Ruth White. And then the final athlete I want to highlight is a senior from Freeport. This is going to be Henry Horn, who won the Southern Maine Class B regional title in a 1640 after finishing eighth last year. And he currently holds the fastest 5K in the state with a 1526. He can potentially earn his first state title over this weekend. So definitely look out for athletes in Maine. And as Ashley mentioned, state championships are in the, we're in the midst of it all. We're in the thick of things. So <laughs> definitely stay tuned to Mile Split for all of your content when it comes to these state championships, because we're going to give you all the content that you need. All right, Ashley, let's move forward now. We have to talk about the Lone Star State. You're currently in Texas, Texas regions. This is a big weekend, big state. We do expect to go down. There's a lot of things that are going to be happening. So, Ashley, let's dive into what happened at the regional meets across Monday and Tuesday. That's right, Olivia. We kicked off regional action in Texas yesterday here, and then, you know, there's more meets going on today as we speak. But I think the top storyline has to be in the 6A division. You have the Region 1 championships. You had the girls of Flower Mound 
take that team title over South Lake Carroll by just one point. Do you know how much one mm-hmm. point is worth in cross country? Like that's just so such a minuscule margin here. You know, they were led by Samantha Humphreys, who finished first in 1719, and she took down U.S. number one currently for 5K of South Lake Carroll, Ava Bushaw. Um, you know, she finished second there. And the key for Flower Mound, you know, as you go through, you're looking at the results, the key for Flower Mound in this race had to be Alexandra Fox. She's typically uh, Flower Mound's number three runner. She finished number two for them yesterday, had a huge, strong PR of 17.25, just narrowly almost got second ahead of Ava Bushaw. So that was, you know, I think that there shows that Flower Mound is ready to go to that state championship and is you know, has the pieces together to win a state title and defend it from last year. Now, on the boys' side, you saw South Lake Carroll. They just absolutely dominated this, you know, entire regional meet. They scored just 25 points, won the team title by 76 points. You know, they had an insane 25-second one-through-five spread. They had all they, their whole top five in within 25 seconds of each other. And then Louis Pastor of El Paso Coronado won that individual title there in 1509. So region one was pretty, pretty exciting. Region one was stacked, as you mentioned. And I want to dive back into the Flower Mound race because they're number three on the mile split 50 rankings right now. And I feel like they honestly put all the pieces together. As you mentioned, the Humphrey sister, Alexandra Fox, I feel like is the key player on this team. And she's your third runner. But I feel like she... She does a fantastic job of just sticking up with the Humphrey sisters, and she finished third at the regional meet. So, again, they took the region title, as Ashley mentioned, one point over South Lake Carroll, who happens to be number nine on the mile split 50 rankings. And just to put in perspective, like Flower Mound, again, finished one third, fifth, 16th, and 30th, and South Lake Carroll was two, seven, eight, 15, 24. So, again, came down to a lot of the placement averages, just getting the girls across the board. But for me, Ashley, I want to highlight a little bit of the individuals and a little bit of the team from Region 3. I want to talk about Madison Peters of Pearland because this young talent here has just been – I feel like she's been catching my eye over this whole entire season. She's been having a lot of great wins underneath her belt. She's been really putting herself out there. She earned the individual title with a 1747, and she was the only girl who broke 18 minutes for 5K from the Region 3 meet. So I think Madison Peters is on her way to doing something really extraordinary. And again, from the boys' side, we've talked about Reese Vanderson all the time, but from Jesuit, he won the title 20 seconds over the rest of the field, Ashley, in the 15.30, and that helped Jesuit to the team title with 71 points, finished 1st, 7th, 12th, 25th, and 26th. So really great performances from both of those regions, Region 1 and Region 3. And I know you've already talked about Carol. Um, Just something really big to think about. Just today we have the Region 5A two girls matchup, Lucas Lovejoy versus Dallas Highland Park in Grand Prairie. So still a lot of things going on currently as we're talking on our show. Meets are happening, right? So it's one of the biggest postseason weekends on the calendar with Indiana State Championships, Iowa State Championships. We got Maine, as I mentioned before, Wisconsin, Kentucky, Minnesota sectionals are happening and much more. So as I mentioned, we're going to be diving into a lot of things, but definitely stay tuned to the site for all of your content with states happening over the weekend. All right, let's move on to our next segment. And I'm really excited about this. This is kind of something fun that Ashley put together. We're going to dive into Ashley's top three TikToks (laughs) from the weekend. So Ashley, why don't you kick it off for us? What are your top three TikToks that you saw this weekend? 
Yes, I'll take away. Let me first say that I feel like now I'm like becoming of the three of us, like the social media connoisseur. Like I'm going to be the ones like, you know, throwing out the TikToks and stuff. And so <laughs> I'm always on TikTok looking at stuff, staying up to date with all the happenings. So here are my three top TikToks from the weekend that I saw related to cross country. Let's play this first one here. You have this is a middle school meet in West Virginia. <laughs> schoolers like why do they have them running through like a lake essentially like what would you i don't know what my reaction if i was one of those middle school kids if i came up on that on a course i'd be like no it's time to drop out i'm surprised i wonder if any of the kids kind of swam through that too that was almost like to their waist essentially like yeah. that's insane that's some deep water for some middle schoolers there i know i feel like that would deter me from running cross country ever again i'd be like no not for me well, so that's our first TikTok there. Now I want to move on to another young running star featured in a TikTok here. This is from Mile Split, Tennessee. They have a TikTok that's actually pretty popular. And this is from an interview with an elementary schooler after his race. How did you start running to begin with? My dad was the head coach of St. Matthew's and the course. Okay. Um, so, I mean, do you, what do you, you know, even though you're forced to do it, do you like anything about running? No. <laughs> uh, no, I don't like any. I love how I love how candid he is. He's so honest. Those kids are always so honest. It's so funny. Um, now we got to move to so this TikTok. Actually, I feel like it went pretty viral. I saw this this weekend, and it just I saw it. And it made me crack up so much. And Olivia, I want to hear your opinions on it after we watch it. But here we have. A Prairie View A&M sprinter documenting what appears to be her first time running in a cross-country race because her coach may have forced her to do it. And I am a sprinter, so let's get into it. Here I am checking to see how I look beforehand to make sure I can get me a good comparison in because, y'all, I promise y'all it's not even going to be remotely the same afterwards. So the bus ended up pulling up, and this is when the nerves started setting in. I started to get nervous. She put my other teammate, Jazeera, into it. She ran the 400 as well. We had no business being out there, no just on vibes. Boys. But we ended up starting to warm up, and me and Jazeera decided to make a pact with each other. Me and you in this, right? We in this. Wherever you go, I go. Wherever I go, you go. Let's just say that didn't last too long because they was warming up fast as and I couldn't keep up. But then my teammates ended up coming out to support us, y'all. And, and that's me walking. Then, y'all, I was so embarrassed. I started trying to run a little bit, but I was so tired. I just couldn't do it no more. I was so embarrassed covering my face up. This, this is a show. But I was out there, though, on vibes. My coach felt bad and pulled me from the course. She just said, come off the course. So we just took a picture and told everybody I won. <laughs> Now, Olivia, I have to know, because obviously you were an elite sprinter. Did you ever have a coach oh, try to throw gosh. you on a cross-country race? I must say this. If I ever ran a cross-country race in high school or in college, I would have lost it. I ended up running a cross-country race in middle school, so I don't know if I really count that or not. But I definitely feel – I feel for her. I feel for her. Because anything more than a 400 is – you're really asking a lot from me at that point. <laughs> it's <laughs> so like a whole nother like bees. It's very relatable. It's yeah. a whole nother bees. Whole yeah. nother bees. So, oh man, good TikToks, Ashley. I'm quite impressed. Thank so, thank you. 
I love this segment. These are Ashley's TikToks of the weekend. So stay tuned. And Ashley, you're on TikTok, right? Like, do you post TikTok videos? See, are I you don't part po- of that, or do you like I- watching? I like watching. You won't see me posting a TikTok. Maybe eventually. Like, maybe we'll start a mile split TikTok at some point and I'll start posting. But I just like, I like the content, the humor. I'm all for the humorous things. So, yeah, Mm. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. All right, Ashley, let's continue our show. We have to talk about the Garmin Running Lane Cross Country Championships. You and Corey will be there in December. Gosh, it is coming up really fast. So among the girls field right now, we have a sub 17 minute runner and six that are at 1731 or faster. So let's dive into this girls race. How do we think this is going to shake up? What are your thoughts on it, Ashley? Well, here, you know, kind of looking at running lane, especially on the girls side, I think of this formula, you have a fast course, and then you add that end of season momentum, and then maybe a little bit of taper for national. So you're feeling pretty fresh. That equals some quick competition and some fast time. So that's just a formula for success right there, I think. And, you know, as you mentioned, we have already a really strong field shaping up on the girls' side with a strong pack of girls all in that, you know, that low 17s range. I really do think they could pull each other along to that sub-17 mark. You're going to have Peyton Godsey, Reagan Riley, Katie Clute. Godsey's a sub-17 girl. Riley and Clute are both right there on that 17 flat mark. And so I'm really curious, especially to see what Riley and Clute would do in this field. You know, they're both seniors in their last cross-country race, and so that could also play a factor into, you know, wanting to have that kind of momentum to finding a fast time since it is their last race out there. Um, You know, last year, looking at, you know, how people ran last year, 20 girls went under 17 last year. And hypothetically, it's like, you know, what's the over-under then for, you know, going under 17 this year? I, I feel like that's still, it's still a little too early to say what that's going to be, but I'm going to be really curious to see what that is. Um, you know, but I do want to shout out, you know, a couple of other athletes in the list already that, you know, could have some really, really impactful performances. Sophia Rodriguez of York County. Um, you know, she's already run 17.53, and she's just an eighth grader. I mean, imagine running that in eighth grade. I, I certainly <laughs> couldn't. Lots of potential there. She's the 11th fastest seed so far there. And then you have Leah Futi of Sioux Cleveland in New Mexico. Has a 17.55 PR from the Desert Twilight Meet. She's a 5.05 miler, 11 flat, 3,200 meter state champion in New Mexico. She's going to be looking for that national competition. So I'm really excited. I'm excited to be out there in December. Ashley, you brought up a lot of valid points. You you mentioned right as you were kicking this segment off, fast course, great atmosphere, peaking time, it's national championships. It's it's all or nothing at this yep. point. So yep. we already know the running lane cross-country championships. We saw it over the last two years. And you mentioned it. Back last year, 20 girls were under 17. And 2020, that's when two girls were under 17 flat, 4 or 5K. We know this course brings a lot of great performances, lots of great matchups. Let's talk about Peyton Godsey. You you mentioned her. She ran 1551 for three miles. She's very interesting to me because Woodbridge isn't like a direct comparison to the John Hunt, John, John, oh my gosh, I can't speak. John Hunt Park. Um, But the way it's with the wide pathways rolling down helps you to build a rhythm and can lend itself to a fast time. But we really have to see, I want to see what she's capable of. She was fifth at the state championships as a sophomore. This could be a chance for her to really announce herself as a threat on the national scene. So I'm really interested to see what Peyton Godsey is. I feel like she's like my, I don't want to say dark horse, but I feel like she's my my other silent hawk. You know, like she's going to be the one that's kind of floating 
underneath the radar, but could really bring a really amazing performance. You already mentioned uh, Regan Riley. She ran a 17.23 for 5K. Katie Clute, as you mentioned as well, Ashley, 17.02. So we have girls that are in that mix of just almost breaking 17. So it's going to be a fast one for sure. I honestly think this is going to be a tactical race as I just remember watching it last year live and, you know, calling the, the race with Corey and you can just see like it got very tactical through the Mm -hmm. first mile. And then afterwards, you know, as they start approaching Hill, then you really start to see some really strong racing. So it's going to be an exciting one to watch. That is for sure. It's going to be fast as we always have seen it. So I'm excited for running link. I know you are excited too, Ashley. However, there's another national championship that's also happening around that same time. Let's talk about team nationals. But for this segment, Ashley, I want to lean into the boys regions and what looks the deepest right now. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of anticipation here for team nationals, especially on the boys side where I feel like there's just been so many teams that have emerged this year as national powerhouses. But, you know, going region by region, I feel like the Midwest, like hands down, has to be the toughest out there. It's going to be like the Nike Town Twilight Me, which happened about a month ago, like part two, essentially. You're going to have number three, Carmel, number six, Plainfield South, number 13, Noblesville, number 18, Zionsville Community, number 20, Mason, all in that region there vying for bids to team nationals. I mean, that's just insane right there. And if you're looking for an individual spot, those are going to be really hard to come by, too, because you have... Hunter Jones, Connor Burns, Sage Wild, all under 1440 for 5K this season. That is incredible. You also have Connor Ackley in this region, along with Colton Matizan. However, um, you know, Matizan will probably, with Carmel, get that team bid and not that individual spot. So, in total, 12 guys in the region so far have gone, gone under 15 minutes for 5K this season. So, it's going to be a crazy fight on both the team and the individual side. Ashley, the Midwest is stacked. Yeah. <laughs> like, stacked for both individuals and also teams as well. And there's mm-hmm. only a certain amount of spots to take you to the national championship. So I kind of have to agree with you on the Midwest. I feel like it's the most dense region right now. As you mentioned, Hunter Jones, Connor Bird, Sage Wild, Connor Ackley's in that mix, Cole Matisse in, number three Carmel on the Split 50 rankings. Like this region cannot go unnoticed. I know you dove into that, so I don't want to repeat anything. I want to talk a little bit more about maybe those other regions that are kind of like in the come up that could that will bring some talent in the northwest region you have talent and as i mentioned across all the regions they're all full of talented runners specifically with the northwest region though you have tyron gorzy alexander garcia silver and i also think we cannot sleep on the southeast region when you look at our rankings we have the number 14 brentwood of tennessee number 17 bell and jesuit of florida and we also have Farragut from Tennessee on the honorable mention at one, two, and three. Brentwood Academy and University aren't far behind either. So you also have some teams in that region that can really spice things up. But, you know, just kind of looking at the Northwest region as well, you have Portland Jesuit, Rocky Mountain, Crater, East Lake, Portland Central Catholic, four ranked teams there. There could easily be five. So, again, I don't think any region is safe at yeah, this no. point. You just got to – You've got to run your heart out at regional, so it's going to be a big one. All right, Ashley, let's move on to the last segment and our favorite, my personal favorite segment is the National Meet of the Week. This week, it is the Colorado State Championships, and we have a pick that we want you to select. And I think the question for this week is, who is going to win our Class 
5A girls race. So let's put our prop up. We want to talk about the different programs here. Do you think it's going to be Arapahoe? Do you think it's going to be Cherry Creek? Do you think it's going to be Valor Christian, Air Academy? What do you think? Text OTL, which stands for on the line, at 31032 to make your pick. So again, your choices are Arapahoe, Cherry Creek, Valor Christian, Air Academy, Ashley, myself, and Corey want to know which program you think is going to win the Colorado 5A championships, which will take later this weekend. So, Ashley, let's talk about the girls, 5A and 4A, okay? Do we have any sleepers also in the lower classes? But let's go ahead and talk about the 5A classification. I think it's going to be a very, very loaded field here. Goodness, Olivia. I mean, like, even just from the pick them alone, you can see how many, you know, teams are out there vying for that state title. And I, I guess I would say there's no easy favorite to confidently like bet all your money on, especially on the girl side of, you know, who's going to take that 5A title. However, when you look at, you know, some of the team scores, here's the order for 5K in terms or 5A in terms of how they kind of stack up for 5K. You have Air Academy, Cherry Creek, Arapahoe, and Valor Christian. And I think I have to say I like Air Academy there as that favorite at that number one spot. Um, you know, behind Niwad and 4A, Air Academy is probably the best team in Colorado as of late. Um, I know we're going to show a video here of Bethany and McCulloch. She just had a huge win over Valor Christian's Brooke Wilson just last week. And they have, you know, Tessa mm -hmm. Walter, Jordan Banta. They've been consistent number two and number three runners for Air Academy this season. And I feel like at least I can say with, you know, some solid confidence that I think Air Academy is going to be the favorite here in 5A. But Olivia... Uh, I want I want to hear your opinions as well because I feel like this is a pretty hot debate. <laughs> it's very very hot debate. So I actually had to reach out to the Colorado State editor Bobby Reyes. I was like, hit me with it. Like, <laughs> what do you think is going to happen? Enlighten me because it's just like there's so much happening in this classification. Ashley, it is it is crazy loaded with talent, and it's going to be the highlight of the weekend. So. Here we have Cherry Creek. They didn't run their number one at regionals. Air Academy could potentially make a stride for this title. The highest ranked team on the national rankings right now is number 10, Valor Christian, number 11, Air Academy, number 14, Arapahoe, and number 19, Cherry Creek. You're also looking at Arapahoe, your defending champion, and I think they're still maybe trying to work up to speed, but I feel like the confidence, I don't know if it's there or not, but I feel like they could also potentially put together a team to win this title. However, if I had to pick right now today, I'm going to kind of put, I'm, I'm kind of leaning toward Air Academy. I think like they really have the talent to really do so. You mentioned Bethany Mahalik there. She won the state title as a freshman. This year, she was third at the pre-state meet, won the 5A Region 5 title, has a season's best of 1706. However, we cannot exclude now individually from Poemona, you have Emma Stutzman. In my opinion, I think individually, she is the huge favorite for this classification. She won the Liberty Bell Cross Country Invitational with a blazing personal best of 1644 for 5K. And she also won the Colorado 5A Region 3 meet in a 1744. So it's going to really come down to those individuals putting all their best legs forward when it comes to going after that team title as well. I mentioned, you and I both mentioned Bethany Mahalik from Air Academy. We also, I want to throw in this athlete too. I want to throw in Tessa Walter, okay? Yeah. Her mm -hmm. teammate, because she won the pre-state meet earlier over Ella Hagen and also her teammate Bethany. So there are a lot of girls in this conversation, but if we're looking specifically at the team, 
I think Air Academy is going to take it. I think they're going to sneak it in. Yeah. Um, individually, I think it might. I'm leaning more toward Emma. I'm not counting out Bethany or or Tessa either. What are your thoughts on individuals for the 5A girls? You put it so perfectly by saying that, you know, maybe the teams, it's like easier to maybe pick a clear winner, but individually it's like so wide open. Like, uh, mm-hmm. it's so hard to see. Like I do, I really do like Bethany because she does have that experience of what it is to win. Um, but mm-hmm. then again, like you said, Stutzman, like she has the fastest time in Colorado this year. And Gosh, it's just going to be, like, from the get-go, I feel like it's just going to be a sprint to the finish, and it's going to be really exciting to watch. Yeah. Now, if Corey was on this show, I think he would pick Valor. (laughs) Valor Christian. (laughs) Valor hasn't won a head-to-head matchup yet, but he thinks this is the day that it could happen. You mentioned Brooke Wilson. You got Keegan Edwards there. They're also good one-two punch as, you know, as you're ever going to see it. If they get the race out, run the race of their lives, they're going to go three, four, five, and, you know, they win this championship. So they need a comfortable spread, though, Ashley. I think that's going to be the key Mm -hmm. for Valor Christian if they want to be in this conversation. And, you know, which will make this racing a little bit more difficult for these girls. The state level is just running at that state meet. As Bobby told me, there are two hills at the end. So you really got to push through it. But, you know, I feel like Corey would say Valor Christian is going to win. You and I both think Air Academy. So let's talk about the the 4A classification. What are your thoughts on the 4A title here? Now, I, I feel like this one's a little bit more obvious to look at. I feel like Niwat has just been so strong on the girl side for 4A. You know, you have freshman Addison Ritzheim in the mix. She's a 1749 for 5K. Sophomore Bella Nelson, 1747 for 5K. Then you have Madison Schultz, um, you know, the Stanford commit. She's clocked 1736 for 5K. And Mia Proc, 1739. Especially with Schultz and Proc leading that way. And then you still have two more behind them under 18 minutes for 5K. Like, that is solid, and that spread is very, very small there for one through five. I think Niwat's going to run away with it. Yeah, Niwat, I think they look strong. You already mentioned uh, Mia, Mia Prox in there, 17.39. Madison Schultz, the Stanford commit, she's clocked her fastest uh, 5K of 1736. We cannot forget the sophomore, Bella Nelson, and also Addison Ritzahine, who is a freshman, I feel like is also in this mix. So, Niwat is definitely the solid team for the girls' side. Individually, Ella Hagen of Summit looks really, really strong. I feel like she can break things up for this Niwat team up front. If Niwat has a chance, I feel like potentially this might be a hot take, could go one through five. But I feel like if there's any girl out there that could potentially break it up, it's going to be Ella Hagen. Eight races under her belt. Four of them were wins. The other half? 50%, 50%, right? 50% she won. <laughs> the other 50%, actually, she has not been worse in second place. So if this girl is going to be the one that can challenge the 4A title, I feel like it's going to be Ella Hagen. But again, you got Niwat that's looking super strong here. And I think that kind of leads me into the 4A boys title. Let's finish this up on the boys side. Niwat has improved enough potentially that could take this 4A title. The 5A is kind of wide open though. But for you, Ashley, what is your over? Who is your overall top runner in the state of Colorado right now, going into these state championships? I mean, top runner, I'd probably have to say, has to be hands down Christian Grondike out there at Fort Collins. I mean, he has been really sensational this year. He won Liberty Bell. That was his, I believe, his first invitational win ever. Um, you know, in his high school career, that senior out there, he's been doing really good. But you know, looking more on the team side as well, I think you put it best by saying like. 5A is kind of wide open, um, you know, as I look at this. 
Cherry Creek and, or not Cherry Creek, Cherokee Trail, excuse me, and Valor Christian are just, they're two teams that are like so evenly matched that I feel like either of them could come out on the top. It just depends on who has the best day. It's almost scary actually how even their stats are when you look at it. Cherokee Trail has a 15-27-5K average, a 55-second, 1-5 split. Their top runner is Hunter Strand, who has clocked 14-50. Now, compare that to Valor Christian, they have a 15-28-5K average, a 60-second, 1-5 split. And their top runner is Dane Ike, who's run 14-54. I mean, those are, like, almost identical stats right there. So, they are so evenly matched, and I think in 5A, they'll be you know, a pretty tight battle between those two. Um, you know, Olivia, what are your thoughts at 5A and as well as, you know, who are some of your top individual favorites? Goodness gracious, Ashley, this is wide open. Yeah. <laughs> like an open it's insane. grass field, okay? <laughs> it's like, I honestly, the biggest question, again, I was having conversations with Bobby about this earlier this week. I, I, we literally were saying it's gonna, it's gonna come down to whoever steps up to the plate and whoever has the best day that day there's like no particular pick that Bobby and I can be like I strongly feel this way in the class 5a so here just kind of breaking things down I'm gonna start with the dark horses Mountain Vista and Rock Canyon throwing this out there right Rock Canyon beat Valor at regionals even though Valor did not have their number four runner so that can make a and play a huge difference there Valor Christian and Cherry Cherry Cherokee Trail I cannot talk today Cherokee <laughs> Trail actually as you mentioned brings a strong hand to the table. I feel like Cherokee Trail looks to have everything in their favor right now. And it's just going to come down to them putting it together at the state championships. However, Mountain Vista is a team that has history. Just kind of looking at the past, Valor, Christian beat Cherokee Trail at Desert Twilight. Both squads ran their full strength. And Mountain Vista is also a solid contender that has shown consistency across the board. So, again, I feel like there's not really a clear favorite in this 5A, you know, boys title. It's going to really come down to, again, who has the best day that day. Now, individually, you mentioned Christian. I want to talk about the matchup there between Christian and Dan Ike Valor. It's going to come down to the wire. Bobby told me that Dan is a front runner. He will set a very hot pace coming up front. Christian is fast and strong. However, the last 400 meters, as I mentioned in the girls' race, it has two hills in it. So who has the speed? Who has the strength? Who's going to fight through those two hills? I honestly can see Christian taking this title individually, but it's not going to be an easy one for sure. This is not going to be a blowout no. of the park. This is not a solo effort. He's going to have some competition on his side. So those are just kind of my thoughts for the 5A. I know actually the 4A, Niwad, as we said, um, it could be an interesting race. What are your thoughts on the 4A? Yeah, I know. Looking at 4A, I know Niwad is the top storyline there, but I think they need to be kind of weary. Like, I don't, I wouldn't say that they're the favorite going in. I really look at Cheyenne Mountain as probably the favorite here on the team side. They're led by Caden Levings, who's run 15-24 this season for 5K. They have a very strong 33-second, 1-5 through five split there. That's really crucial going into state championship season. You know, Niwat, their fourth and fifth runners, if they can close that gap on their top runners for Niwat, you know, Rocco, Culpepper, um, and, you know, the rest of the gang up there, and can if Niwat can get their four and five basically under 16 minutes, I think that could be the X factor that eventually propels them to a state title. But I think they need to be a little worried, you know, especially Cheyenne Mountain out there. 
Yes, absolutely. So once again, your national meet of the week is the Colorado State Championships. There's so many state championships happening this week. This is a very busy week uh, for all these athletes. So definitely stay tuned to Mile Split to get all of your content. Lots of state meets are going to be live. We're going to be bringing you all the action, so don't go too far. And as I mentioned earlier on the show, this is a spectacular episode because this is our last show in October, and then our next show is actually going to be November 1st. So I feel like we got to end our show with Halloween vibes. We currently see Ashley with her Halloween mug. Yes. You know? Yep. Amazing. Amazing. Let, let's talk about our scary, favorite scary movies. Ashley, do you watch scary movies? Okay. I, I, I actually do you. like, I like scary movies. I like being a little spooked out, but like nothing too weird, you know, like nothing gory or gross. Like I like a good psychological thriller, you know? Okay. Um, fair what about enough. you? What about fair you? Enough. See, I'm a scary movie kind of person, but you will not catch me at a at a haunted house. I was scarred for life. Really? When I was little. So really? Oh, honey, I will, huh. you will not catch me at a haunted house. <laughs> I will go with you and I will wait for you outside, but I am not going in. It's just something about being chased and like the chainsaws. I know here in the the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, like they chase you with chainsaws, and it's just <laughs> it's too much for me. Too it's intense. Too much. And too of course. Intense. As we talked about earlier, I'm a sprinter. I can't run for a long, you know, distance <laughs> and hold that pace. So it's going to be quick. So I would definitely be caught in a zombie apocalypse for sure. But Ashley, before we wrap the show up, what is your favorite scary movie? What would you say? I feel like I'd have to say, hands down, it has to be The Sixth Sense. Great movie. If you haven't okay. seen it, go watch it. I'm not going to say anything because if you haven't watched it, I, I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> okay i'll yeah. have to add that to to my it's my good it's there. really good it's not super scary i promise okay i don't actually know if i have a scary favorite scary movie mm -hmm. i'm into the thrillers too yeah because i kind of watch them all are you doing anything special for for halloween are you dressing up or got any special i need to plans? think about that you know like i've been trying to think of my halloween costume i've been pretty creative in the past few years like Last year, I went as Troy Bolton from High School Musical, Wig and Everything. Um, <laughs> you know, I really get into That's it. I've, dressed, awesome. I've done Michael Scott before from The Office, so I need to think a little bit. i got to top those, though. Okay. How about you? Well, you, I, I see, if we were dressing up today, I actually have a green wig. I was going to come out oh, here wow. as the green lady Hulk. So I was prepared. I was ready to go, but but hey, I guess you'll have to wait for it later. All right, Ashley, as I mentioned, this is our last show of October. We will definitely see you guys next week, November 1st, and it's going to be some Thanksgiving vibes next. So yes. this is our last episode. Have a happy Halloween, and thank you guys so much for joining us. We will see you again next time.